How we doing? I am your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob. Welcome to Station B.O.B. And let me tell you a little about thee. I am a kid from a Harlem hood who turned out good. I got educated like I should. Now I know how to help you grow to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. With that said, I am here to provide you with some clarity associated with the perplexity of the challenges in your life, love, and work. So, without further ado, let's get down on it. Enjoy the show. Ah, yes. Welcome once again, my friend, to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. I am your host, Dr. Rob, and as always, I'm excited and happy to be with you this evening. And tonight, I have another top topic and also a special guest. Yes, the one and only... Max Shepard, just before I bring her up, we have to uh, we have to bring her up the right way. Ah, uh, yes, Max, you deserve all that and more. Say hello, Max. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Ah, uh, as you can see, Max is full of energy for this topic. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. Today's topic is, what is this race thing all about? You know what I'm talking about when I say race. Black people, white people, brown people, yellow people. I mean, why can't we just be people? But nevertheless, this is the way in the USA. So, Max, what is this race thing all about, Max? It's tough. It's a real sensitive subject. I mean... White people are scared to say anything. Black people are afraid to say anything. It's it's really gotten, it's gotten tough. tough wow. So just for the record, Max is white and I am black for lack of a better description of us as people. But we just want to, we just want to hit hard on this topic. So, you know, you know uh, what we're doing here because let me see, it's February 25th, so this is what um, the little bit of uh, Black History Month that we have left, and so Max and I, we're going to have a discussion on race. Yep, that's right, I said it, race. So, Max, let me just ask you, um, do you know why we have Black History? No. I'm not sure why we have this month. Tell me about it. Okay, okay. Well, I appreciate you. Well, essentially, we have February is des- designated as Black History Month. For one, Frederick Douglass, I believe his birthday is in February, and he's a, a um, you know, well-known or renowned, um, you know, intellect as a former slave, Frederick Douglass, that is. And so, but the, 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 the whole idea, though, of black history is because the history of black people was not taught in our schools. And so 
you know, which, you know, how are you going to have these people here in America for 400 plus years and don't include their story in the history books? So, you know, a lot of what black people have in America, we had to kind of declare, you know, for ourselves. And so that's that's not, you know, I just wanted to give you like a, a the the raw dignity on on black history our story is not told in the school books, and so this month is dedicated to bring some attention to the contribution, the history, the journey of black people in America. So, um, Max, let me ask you this. When did you realize that you were white? Well, I went to an all-black nursery school in Newark. Is that right? Yeah. And what happened there? Oh, my God. And I didn't really, didn't see, you know, I was white or, I was the only white kid there, but uh-huh. um, I uh, I saw a few differences from my home life and at school. Okay. And they were really harsh at school, like really, really strict. Who Who was really strict? The teachers were very, very strict at school. Were they white teachers? They were all black, 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 black teachers. Te- there were some yeah. black teachers. Get out! They were all black teachers in all black nursery school, and uh, and when I was home, mm-hmm. nobody was ever there. there no, there was no structure at home. I mean, we could do whatever we wanted. And okay. Yet, at school, it was super strict. But when did you realize you you were white, or did you you know did I you just re- noticed the, I noticed the differences then, and the way my household was versus when I was in school and the kids at school all were in line and they all knew what to expect. But for me, I felt very out of different. I felt different. Was it because you, you I mean, you didn't know about race in kindergarten. No, so I just knew but you, you, you felt different. I felt different because everyone knew the norms at school, uh-huh. but my norms were different at home okay. than they were at school. So I felt, I felt different because the expectations from me were different. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, well, you know, that's interesting that you would say that, you know, I grew up in, in Harlem, as I like to say, Harlem, USA. And, but I grew up in East Harlem or what is known as Spanish Harlem, El Barrio, they call it. And so for me, it was, you know, everybody's black or white, you know, Hispanics, which, you know, they were pretty much saying that they were Puerto Rican. So, you know, I don't want to be insensitive because there's so many, you know, dialects. And so, you know, but that was, you know, it was blacks and Puerto Ricans. But at any rate, my mother sent me to school downtown. I went to, I grew up in a black and, you know, Spanish or Puerto Rican neighborhood. But I went down, there was a school right across the street from the, from the building that I lived in. But my mother sent me downtown. It was like, you know, I grew up in the sixties and I wasn't bust, you know, although it felt like I was bust because I was going, when I say it felt like I I was bust, when I look back at history now and have an idea of what the whole busing where they were busing black kids in, you know, to to work against segregation black kids were intentionally being bussed into white schools but that wasn't the case in my situation i just my mother 
because she just had the vision that boy, he need to be going to that school as opposed to the school right across the street with all the black kids, you know, for my friends. So, but at any rate, um, in school, I, you know, I'm in a white neighborhood, a rich white neighborhood, but there were black kids, Spanish, German, Jewish, Chinese, you know, and we all played together. There was no, you know, there was no kind of, you know, feeling about, well, hmm, he looks different, she looks different, and why am I this complexion or whatever. But the way I found out that I was black was we, you know, we took the school bus to school and we took the school bus home from school. But when they were after school programs, then you could take the city bus, the public transportation. And so... What happened is a couple of times my friends and I, the black kids, because now we're going home to the black in Puerto Rican neighborhood. So we, you know, we just walking together because we stayed after school together. So now we're going home, but we're walking to 79th Street and First Avenue to catch the Crosstown bus. So as the minute we got out of school, we were being harassed and actually we got jumped a couple of times by some white kids, but we didn't know they were white. We just knew that at that moment, you know, that was like my first experience with, with terror, you know. So we're getting, and we, we, mind you, we were like third, you know, second, third, fourth graders, okay? And these kids, they were older than us, trying to beat us up and we're running and they're pulling on us. And, um, during that, you know, that excursion or that experience, you know, they were saying things like, you black niggas get the, you know, get the fuck out our neighborhood. So I'm like, black niggas, what is that? You know? So even when we get to the city bus, the, um, the school, the, the bus driver, these kids are like trying to pull us off the bus and we're trying, and the bus driver, the white bus driver, he's like, on or off, on or off. You know, like we're not, we're little children, we're not getting any support. But anyway, we managed to, to make our way and work our way onto the bus. So I went home and I asked my mother, like, mom, what's, what's a black nigger? And so that's how I found out that, you know, I was black. Wow. Hey, my first words, I remember, five years old, because I got hit at that school a lot with a ruler. And if I suck my thumb, they put some stuff on my thumb to scare me. And wow. Yeah, it was really strict. And it was like instilling the fear of God in you. Uh-huh. And uh, I used to say, you guys are hypocrites. You're all hypocrites. And I got in trouble for saying that word. Uh-huh. That was a bad word. Right, right. Especially <laughs> adults who are, you don't want to call no adult hypocrite a hypocrite. Yeah, for God's sake, you know, you get in trouble doing that. But see, that's another thing. In the white culture, if you call an adult a hypocrite, they'll go, why am I a hypocrite? Oh, okay. But when I was a kid, here I am five years old saying the word hypocrite, those teachers are like, you know, smacking my hands with the These rulers. were black teachers? Yes, they were militant, very militant. Wow, you know, I find that interesting because when I was growing up, that was the way, you know, that happened in the Catholic school, the hitting with the ruler. I didn't, now, I didn't go to Catholic school, but I did have friends in Catholic school where they said, you know, the nuns hit you with rulers, you know, on the hand or the buttocks if you were, you know, acting out. And there were even... Uh, even discussions of having soap put in your mouth. I had soap put in my mouth by black by black teachers. And mm-hmm. wait, and and what you say in kindergarten or nursery school? 
This was in preschool. Uh, yeah. Max, are you sure that was preschool or were you on Rikers sure. Island by mistake? I am sure of it. 100% sure. What? Black women acting like that? in my mouth, yes. Wow. That's deep. Yeah, I ate some, a lot of soap. Yeah. You, <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. That's, I'm blown, I'm, I'm blown but, away by, by, by hearing that. And so... Okay, so wow, I, I'm lost for I'll work. tell you something. Fast forward years later, after I had my son and I was a single mom, mm-hmm. I had a roommate and she was black. And she used to tell me that I spoiled my kid because I let him sleep with me. Mm-hmm. She said, You can't do that. And so she taught me how to raise my kid because she raised her brothers and sisters. Why did she say you can't let him sleep with you? Did she have a. a- a method or a reason, you know, for it that? It was, again, that whole strict, you got to put these kids in their place and they have to respect you. And I came from this, oh, well, I love my son. I want him uh-huh. to sleep with me. And she says, no, you can't do that because you'll never get him to stop. Wow. Well, Max, I have to tell you something about that. I don't know how long ago that was, but that was that is so correct. Let me tell you, you know, we have two kids. The kids are upstairs. And when my son was born... I wanted him to sleep with us. My wife was like, oh, you know, she didn't put up a stink about it. But it was like something. I thought it was just, a, you know, a cute thing. Max, he still sleeps with us. <laughs> he is 11 years old. And now we have a daughter, and she comes along, too. And this is, like, you know, on the regular you you know what I mean? Not my daughter, not as much, but she will join in. And so now my wife and I, our neck hurts, our shoulders hurt. You know, um, we we we're cold. There's no covers because they they don't get under the sheets. They just get on the blanket. So you you know you can't. And then it's late at night. You don't feel like fighting to get a. You know how heavy a body is, even a little kid body on the sheet in the blanket. You can't pull it over you. Max, she was right. I, I I have to tell you, you know, she was right. She also taught me about the wooden spoon. I don't know. What, what about the oh, wooden spoon? Oh, you don't know about the wooden spoon? No. You only have to spank them once with a wooden spoon. Uh-huh. After that, you hold the wooden spoon, they sc- they're scared to death. Okay, okay. See, that wasn't the method in my house. We don't. I didn't know about no wooden spoon. Oh, yeah. But what I did know about was the leather belt. You know, I knew about that. Now, see, my mother wasn't abusive, but Vera Gardner was like, you know, if she tell you to do something, like she she wasn't like like that, like strict. It's like I give you a good story. I went out to you know at five and six or even four. You know, I grew up in a public housing project. You go outside, it's a thousand kids, Spanish, black, you know, just a thousand kids running, jumping, screaming. You know how that go, right? So we all outside. So, because I wouldn't send my kids outside today. And we live in a, a, a private house. But, you know, I don't feel good about that. They say every 46 seconds a child is, you know, abducted. But at any rate, so my mother tells me, you know, I'm going outside. I don't know how old I was, about five or six. She says, do not cross the street. You know, you go out, you stay in front of the building. Do not cross the street. So I'm like, okay, Ma, I got it. I got it. 
So I go outside, right, summertime, and the icy man is there. You know, like they used to have the, 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 the usually an old Puerto Rican man. He had a big block of ice, and he had a scraper. And then he had, like, the flavors, the, the blue flavor, the cherry flavor. And let me tell you, it was a side street, 102nd Street. Now, my mother said don't cross the street, right? But the man was, like, right there, Max. He was, he was right there. I knew I could get to him. He was on the other side of the street that my mother told me not to cross so now you gotta you know picture this i'm five so i'm a little dude you know what i'm saying so what do i do i'm like i'm i probably i probably did not even have any money i just saw the icy man because you know i was a greedy little kid so i see the icy man i'm like yo he is right there i could do this i could do this what do i do i step out from in between the cars and i got hit by a car <gasps> boom but the guy was going slow, but I got hit, and I remember that. Like, it happened yesterday. He he got out. He helped me up, you know, checked on me. Now he, he could have uh, abducted me. You, you know what I'm saying? I'd have been gone, so. Can you imagine that? Dr. Rob abducted at the age of five. Is that crazy or what? Thank God. What did your mother Rob. do? Oh, okay, so I'm getting to that. So, what did my mother do? Max wants to know what my mother did because I, I crossed the street after she advised me, instructed me, directed me about 20 times, do not cross the street. So, I'm going to tell you what my mother did on the other side of this break. Have you read any good books lately? Your host, Robert T. Gardner Jr., also known as Dr. Rob, is the author of three great books. In his first book, The Choices We Make, Robert takes a look at relationships to help readers learn how to have a good relationship with themselves before they can have good relationships with others. In his second book, Access Denied, Robert brings an eye-opening perspective about what happens to children and fathers when their relationships with the mothers of their children end on bad terms. Robert explores what he calls child pawn when a parent, usually the mother, uses a child as a weapon to hurt the other parent. Robert provides a let-go lab in his book to help parents find positive ways to resolve their issues in the best interest of their children. Light Up Your Life is Robert's latest book. Robert writes about the fact that we are all born with a special God-given talent. Even though we are all born with a special talent, most of us miss our true calling. In this book, you will learn how to find your special talent and light up your life so that you can become the person you were born to be and live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Books are available at barnesandnobles.com, amazon.com, and Robert's website, relationshipreadiness.org. Thank you, and back to the show. Okay, welcome back. So just before we stepped aside to let the promo in, Max wanted to know what my mother did to me when I crossed the street against her instructions and got hit by a car in the process. And that's what I was trying to tell you anyway, what, what my mother did to me. So anyway, fast forward to what my mother did to me. I go back upstairs, you know, get in the house. I was like, Ma, you know, I thought I had good news. You know what I mean? I was like, Ma. Ma, she was like, what? I said, I just got hit by a car. She was like, what? You just got hit by a car? She said, yeah, come here. She checked me for broken bones and stick out your tongue, see if I was bleeding in the mouth and everything. I said, no, nah, I'm okay, Ma. She said, go get the belt. 
You had to get your own belt. Yeah, yeah, that was how they did it. You had to get your own belt. And I knew where that belt was, too, because I couldn't say I didn't know. So I, I had to go get the belt, and Ma tore that butt up. You know what I'm saying? Did not, did not, did not, did not tell you. So th- those are the kind of spankers that I that I used to get from my mother. When you didn't do what she told you not to do, well, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, with that, you know, I mean, I survived the spanking and everything. One time I got lost. She told me not to leave the block again. And me and my next door neighbor, right? Um, his name was Calvin, but he moved out of the neighborhood when I was young. But we lived right next door to one another. And so we both got lost. We crying. <sighs> you know, the cops came. They, they brought us home. Well, my mother was tearing that butt up once again. And I could hear Calvin's father beating him, spanking him next door. The next day, me and him talked about that. We laughed so hard, you know what I mean. So, so yeah, that was that's that was you know the extent of the spankings with my mom's. And then she died by the time I was nine. So, you know, I, I survived that. But you know, let me just tell you real because you mentioned a point where, like in your in your um, home, you, you know, your parents they would have asked you. Um, to explain, you know, what you mean by hypocrite as opposed to spanking you. And, you know, what I find interesting is, and you tell me what you think about this, that, you know, I have seen, you know, just at least in public, and even you see it on television, in public, I don't know what actually happens in the home, but for the most part, it doesn't seem like white mothers or fathers spank their children. And and I've seen some disrespectful white kids, get out of my room. How are you going to tell your parents to get out of your room and it's their house and you, you're, you're lucky enough to have a room that they're paying the mortgage for? Get out of my room, close my door. I'm like, what? You can't talk to black parents like that. So... What is the thing that white parents don't spank their kids? What What is that about? That's a good question. I mean, they're supposed to talk it out, find alternatives. It's There's a, a stigma attached to hitting your kids. You know, if somebody hits their kids, that means that they're, uh, you know, considered low class. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. Let me give you another. This is just, you know, I, I never read this, but it's just my own take on the whole slavery thing with black people. Because, you know, my mother spanked me, but we got beat, you know, when we were, you know, disobedient, or you know, to the master or was reading a book or or something that, you know, if we got caught breathing, you know, we got caught breathing, you know, we would get beat. So... It's just my take that I think that, you know, in a black family, spankings, you know, probably come from, you know, traveled up the generational chain there from the whole slavery thing, you know. Um, And I just, you know, like I said, I never read that, but I'm sure it's out there if I can, you know, Google that. But it's just interesting that, you know, white people tend not to spank their children and, and talk it out. And in black parents do spank their children. I don't know about so much today, you know, with everything is, you know, child services and diapers. So parents, you know, are not, you know, at least unless the the children are getting abused, 
But nowadays, I, I you know, I think that there's more of a, a trending away from the spankings. You know, every now and then you might get that butt toe up, but it's not maybe the the um, regular thing. Because I tell you, even I, you know, with my children, I thought spanking was appropriate because I got spanked. You know, they say you you parent the way you you were parented, but you know. Not not like when they're big, but I think like sort of like the the woman's theory on the wooden spoon. You you hit them once with that spoon, and then you show it to them. My my thing, my my notion, if you will, is like a couple of spankings, you know, to kind of establish, you know, the, like the no <laughs> the no nonsense policy, so to speak, and then you know you kind of you know you start making the you give them the looks. You know what I'm saying? You get the belt, but you don't use it. Um, and so, but Isaiah, right? I was spanking him or something, and he went to school, and he, he hit a little kid and something, you know, something he did. And I said, why did you do that? He said, well, you hit me, Daddy. <gasps> I was like, oh, my God. OMG. That was like a rude awakening. You know, and I was I was moving. I was already of the mind, you know, of the spank because when he said that the spankers had already ceased, but he remembered it. You know what I mean? So I was like, "Wow!" You know, chill with the spankers. How old was he when he did that? I'm gonna say around six ish. You know, I wasn't spanking him with a belt. I would use the back of my hand, you know, and like pop that butt or something. You you, you know what I mean? But it's still the idea. You know, it's work to spank your kid. Like, come here, ah, and you're breathing hard, and you and they moving out the way, and sometimes you can't catch them, and it's just it's a process. You know what I'm saying? So it makes you think about it, unless that's just your way, unless you're just a, a spanker beater type of parent. But... You know, like I said, my I got my spankings, and not many, but I I did get spanked. You know, I you know, I got lost. I left the block. I got hit by a car after crossing the street. That that type of stuff. So it made me think about it. So you know, I'm basically a yeller. Stop. You know, and then they look at me like they they don't hear you when you yell at them. Me, they don't hear that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm becoming a talker now, especially I'm already a therapist. So, you know, it's so funny how you could be a therapist and work with other people who, who behave just like your children. But when it's your children, you need a therapist because you lose your mind. I think it's just that they're there. They're eating. They've been eating away at your nerves you know, every day or whatever over a period of time. So your patience and understanding is not the same. It's like, did not tell you, did not, did not, did not. That's what my mother used to say. (laughs) Okay. So let's see here. Where are we going with this? So differences. Yeah. Differences. So you have any questions for me as a, as a, what do you want to know about a black man in America? A black man in America. America. Oh gosh. Oh, a black woman in America. I mean, I'm not a woman, but maybe I could add a little something. Oh, okay. Um is it something that you think about all the time? Is it on your on your mind when you walk down the street? What? Being a black man in America. Wow, that's a good question. 
You know what? You know when it's on my mind when I'm in the white neighborhood. You know, I mean, there are just some neighborhoods like you know where I live now. They, you know, we have white neighbors, black neighbors, Caribbean neighbors. You know, it's a it's a nice community, and and everybody is um, you know says hello, even if it's a nod. You know, it's a it's a nice community. But there are other, and I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to raise another point about that. It's like, in other words, because I say that. Like sometimes I'm in situations and I'll be I'll be in place where I'm the only black person, and I say, "Babe, that, that you know, it was nice. I didn't feel black, you know, because there are times you you can feel black, you know. You get on the elevator with a white person and they get off. I remember one time, uh, my father and I we were going to see my grandmother, and she lived in. I'm gonna get back to answering your question, but I just want to give you a quick story about what we're talking about. Anyway, she lived in Riverdale in the Bronx and I don't know if you ever heard of Riverdale in the Bronx, but it was like a, um, white is Jewish community. People, you know, were well off high rise buildings, swimming pool. So, and there was a few blacks that lived, you know, there, but not many. Um, and my grandmother moved there like in the sixties and seventies when probably when she was not really welcome, you know, but she, she did it anyhow. So anyway, this is maybe the 80s, you know, I'm going to say mid 80s. So my father and I, we're, we're coming from my grandmother's house. We, we're getting on the elevator and there's a white lady on the elevator. So we get on the elevator and she got off. And then my father said, he said, I don't blame you. I get off the elevator. Two black guys got on too. You, you, you know what I mean? So, so that's the whole feeling black you, you, you know what I mean when when the white person is like oh these guys are dangerous meanwhile we you know we got our suits and tie because I think it was like Thanksgiving or something we were leaving you know her house but at any rate when do I I, I feel black when I'm in the white neighborhood um, not only white neighborhoods but everything I do I'm not like in the black kind of environment you know I was a human resources professional in my younger years. You know, black people doing human resources, not on the level, you know, that I was, you, you know what I'm saying? So when I went to conferences, um, meetings, and then my thing was labor relations, you know, no black people doing labor relations. That's negotiating union contracts. I mean, there's some, but it, you know, you can probably count them at least back then. There may be more now, but back at the time that I was coming up, but I knew I was black, but you know, I never had any like, you know, racial animus come my way. And I think partly because part of me, I don't really give a damn. And you know, it's like, you know, I'm cool, but you don't want to mess with me. I think I got that look where he's like, no, not, not that guy right there. No, 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 not him. Leave him alone. You know what I mean? So, so, but to answer your question, yes, but mostly when I'm in the white neighborhood, not I don't feel like I'm going to get jumped, but it feels like, will I, would I be welcome? You know, would I be, you know, people going to wonder, like, what am I doing here? Matter of fact, when I used to live in Hackensack, New Jersey, I used to take my daughter to to all white parks, like in real white neighborhoods, because their parks were better. You know what I mean? And I used to say to myself, I dare, I dare somebody to say, like, what are you doing here? Because I'm feeling like I belong, you know? 
Um, and it's just interesting in America for for black people because, like, I'm a I'm a PhD student right now, and you can't see that I don't have a label on my head or or anything, but. There are some neighborhoods, you know, sometimes my wife and I, we talk about moving. And, you know, of course you want to move to a a, a bigger house, a better house, a, a, a nicer neighborhood. But those are the white neighborhoods. And as a, as a doctor that I'll be one day, and my wife is a retired colonel from the U.S. Army, we won't be any of those things to, you know, our neighbors. We'll be like the black people. And... And so we both talked about that. Like, are we going to be okay? You know, uh, you know, like where we want to live, is it going to, you know, is there going to be any pushback? And so that's why I asked the question, what's this race thing all about? You know, like black people, we like nice things. We do nice things. And we have some bad black people and there's some bad white people, you know, but we, Everybody black ain't bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. And and I'll tell you the first time I actually saw like racism is when I left the East Coast, New Jersey, New York, and I went and lived in Pittsburgh. Oh man, I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan. And Pittsburgh is a racist place. And this was nineteen eighty six. I graduated high school and I went to Chatham College. And it was an all-women's college back then. They've mixed since. And I remember some of the women on my dorm, and one of them specifically, her father was an investment banker. She spoke eloquently. Mm -hmm. I mean, she spoke the King's English. She was amazingly bright and such a high class. She came from a better family than I did. Okay. And she was black. And I said, wow. Oh, she's amazing. And I never met someone like this in my life. And when I spoke to her, she told me about the racism. That she was experiencing on campus? In Pittsburgh. Uh Uh-huh. And how Pittsburgh was a racist place. Oh, okay. They had bridges for this side were where the Jews were, this side was where the blacks were, and, like, it was so separated, and I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Wow. You know, being from Newark, New Jersey, uh-huh. and New York City, and, 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 and you know, so many different people. I, I, I'm, fam- my, you know, I'm a child of immigrants. So for me to see that was unbelievable. Like, like what did you see? Um, there was a real big conscious there was a big conscious effort about i guess she was always conscious about being black you see this is what i'm saying okay always, always conscious about being black it was it was the forefront of her mm. you know she was concerned about going to parties by herself or going places wow. by herself she was very conscious. What, what, what about year? It. What, what like during this was what? 1986. Look at this, 1986, and she's feeling unsafe in Pittsburgh. That's like yeah. you know a regular city in the United States feeling unsafe, not in a rural area, but in the city. Well, what was happening in Pittsburgh at the time? All the uh, mines, you know, the miners were losing their jobs. Uh-huh. Um. It was changing drastically. What well, was browning up? It was browning up. 
Well, a lot of the miners were black. Oh, okay. They had lost their jobs, so they had no money. Mm-hmm. Um, there were white miners, too. There was a lot of anger going on. There was a lot of fights and racism when people don't have money and they're fighting against each other. And, um, you know, they were changing the city into a, a banking city. Mm-hmm. You know, the Mellons and the Carnegies. You know, okay. Carnegie Mellon took over. And oh, they were going from uh, blue, blue collar, hard blue. You know, that's the steel city. Exactly. You know, wow. So they were transitioning, and there was a lot of violence at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was also the time that Nelson Mandela was coming home or already home. Yes. So there was a lot of apartheid going on and uh-huh. protests at University of Pittsburgh. So there was all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, a lot of racial stuff. Well, like I said, what's this race thing all about? So let me ask you, were you um, were you taught in your house to not like black people? I don't know what how racism is taught, but were, were you told about, you know, black people in your, in your household? It was interesting. My mom came from Hungary, uh-huh. and she said, she came here in 1956. She said she never saw a black person until she got to this country. Okay, so how bad was that for her? And so she didn't have any preconceived notions. Uh-huh. Her ideas about black people came from television. So TV. Oh, that's terrible because in those days, we was the maid, we was the housekeeper. So what did she think? that we That's who we were supposed to be? Well, I mean, people's ideology was framed from media. Yeah, okay, okay, wow. Well, you know what's deep about that? That's deep because, see, I, I I would imagine I'm older than you. You know, I'm older than you. So I grew up at a time where there were no blacks on television. And if they were, they were the butler, but you had to see them in a movie. They weren't on, you know, My Three Sons or the Dick Van Dyke show. There were no black people on the Dick Van Dyke show or, or Lucille Ball. Um, and there was some good TV. There was some good TV. Goma Pile, the Beverly Hillbillies. What else was there? My Three Sons, Goma Pile, the Beverly Hillbillies, Gilligan's Island. There were no black people. When I say there were none, there were none Okay, none, no, but, 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 but let me just say this too. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But also, the books that I read in school with Tom, Dick, and Sally running up the hill, Tom, Dick, and Sally running, there were no black characters in the books at all. So, go ahead, what were you going to say? What do you say to that? What's up with that? No, Matt? no, 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 no. There were no black authors either. You didn't read black authors. Well, how are you going to get black school? authors if they're going to? They, they're not in those books in the school because there were black authors, but they just were not in their books. Were not in those schools. There were black authors. Now we didn't just we didn't just start writing in nineteen ninety five. Now, <laughs> well, that's what I mean. They didn't have them in the schools where they should have. They didn't have. Um, wow. I was going to say, I mean, I remember watching Sidney Poitier, and uh-huh. I just thought he was amazing, absolutely amazing. Yes, yes. And so under, you know, um, he, he, he I, I watched all of his movies, and I thought he was just an amazing actor, and he was the only one. The only one, the only black one. only black author, uh, uh, 
actor that I, I got to see. Wow. 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 Growing up, yeah. Well, you know, like I said, the, the school books, no colors, the, um, I mean, nowhere, you know, I mean, nowhere. It, it, you know, you know, when I started noticing, though, what was going on, and this is how, you know, I was in, you know, I have a, I'm taking an ideology class, and, you know, I had an idea what I, ideology meant, but I didn't know how deep it, it could really run. You know, uh, you have this guy Mannheim and um, Marx with their ideologies, and and they were in in Russia and Hungary, and these guys, their ideology carries over to you know to this day, and they were written in like the you know the the late nineteenth century, early twentieth century, you know, kind of time. And so the professor said to me, Robert, you know, what's your what's your ideology? Like, what's your lens? How do you see life? And I said, I see life through race. You know, everything you know about America has something to do with race. If it's not racism, it's how many how many black guys you got, how many white guys. This is a you know, it, it's, everything is race. Oh, it's Jewish. This is you know, Hispanic, Latino. I mean, everything. You know, he's a black quarterback. Oh, the first black Supreme Court judge. So that's you know, for me. Now I don't say that with racial animus because. You know, I'm good with everybody. You know, I don't care if you're white, black, short, fat, tall, gay, skinny. You, you know what I mean? You cool with me? I'm cool with you. That's 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 how that go. Because that's how I'm living. That's I think basically, you know, although racism, you know, is taught, you know, or, or I don't know what's happening now, but back in the days coming up in the 50s, 60s, 20s, 30s, and 40s, you know, from, you know, history shows that it was taught in the homes. But I think also when people are feeling good about themselves with who they are, they, they just are accepting people to be people. You know, I think part of that whole racism thing is that we're not happy with, you know, you're not happy with yourself. How are you going to not like me? You know, just because I'm black. I mean, are you not going to like me? Just be, I mean, think about that. But I also think that there's, there's something to representation. You know, people have issues with quotas and schools and quotas and representation, but I think that it's important. I mean, we wouldn't have had some of the important people that in, in our country had we not had the quotas that were mm-hmm. put on. Yeah, but those were all done through, you know, struggles, civil rights and, you know, marches and, and loss of life and all kind of, you know, madness just to be, you know, recognized here in America. You know, and, it's, it, you know, it's amazing. And we don't talk about this much, but, like, you know, I used to hear coming up where, you know, people from the Caribbean and other Caribbean islands and Af- even Africa, you know, that those, you know, uh, Af- you know, dark people or black people frown upon the African-American because they see us as lazy and not doing whatever. But what they don't realize is that 
it is these these black people that made the sacrifice so that those black people can come now and go to places like Harvard, Yale, and 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 do all that they're doing. So you know, I mean, that that, that used to be like the the scuttlebutt in the black community that you know the 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 blacks that are foreigners or immigrants in America frown upon us because the African-American hasn't reached his or her full potential, not because we are lazy, but because of racism and discrimination. So after a while, um, you know, then we, we get into the alcohol and the drugs because it's right there planted, you know, in our neighborhood. You know, black people, you know, how, how we, you know, my sister died of heroin overdose when she was 20. Now she get her hands on heroin. Black people are not bringing that, you know, to their neighborhoods. You, you understand that stuff is is there on purpose. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like it's just interesting. I don't know what the vibe is now from, you know, say the the black immigrants that come if they still see that. But there was a time that African Americans felt that, and that was the scuttle, but that they looked down they frowned upon us because they saw us as lazy and here they come here and they you know they do well but them doing well was based on the work that was done here by the african americans yes and it still exists you have haitian americans that come over here who have education in their country um they come over here and take advantage of Mm -hmm. the fact that there are quotas and they can fill those quotas as exactly. as a black person. Exactly. You know? So all of a sudden they identify as black. Right, right. And and so now they have this, you know, there's this plea. The same thing happened with the Russian Americans. You know, they came over and said, oh, well, we're, we're Jews, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in their country, they never even practiced Judaism. Oh, they okay. They came here. And now all of a sudden they're Jewish and they're going to get all this, this this money and help from the Jews in America to feel wow. sorry for them. So the same kind of thing, you know. Well, you know something that I wish that that black people, okay, because see, we the the whole slavery thing, Jim Crow, the the transatlantic, you know, journey from Africa to America. I mean that the whole setup is like the most inhumane treatment, you know, known to mankind. And what I, the reason why, what I'm really getting at is that I think that black people, we should be like Jewish people because see Jewish people went through the Holocaust and now Jewish people have hospitals. They own that in New York. Jewish people have their own ambulances, uh, hospitals, schools. I go to Yeshiva University. And based on the the horrific experience that Jews experienced in the Holocaust, it, it just seemed to me, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is it is it is is that what inspired the independence, you know, that that Jewish people have today, you know, with with 
they don't need anybody. You you know what I'm saying? They're the bankers, the lawyers, the the doctors, the dentists. It's like Jewish children grow up and 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 and, and they're taught to to aspire to all of those type of jobs, attorneys, accountants. And I just think what has happened to black people in America that we should have adopted that same kind of, you know, um ideology if you will. Well, the reason why Jews have had to do that is because they were not allowed to go to hospitals. They had to open their own hospitals. Okay. And they were not allowed to go to Harvard or colleges. They had to open their own colleges. So we colleges. got yeshiva now. So yeah. they had to open their own because they weren't allowed to go into the other schools. And so, wow, that's deep. So the, the Jewish people have had a similar experience as black people. Yes. Except y'all have the white skin, so y'all can get by. You know what I mean? Y'all, y'all can get by. No, the black people were used in this country for work. Mm, right. For more than more than just the 60s. They were used for a long time for work. Mm-hmm there were politicians that brought black people up here so that they can get votes and they made projects for the black people and gave them welfare. Oh, you mean the public housing projects? Exactly. Yeah. That's what, that's that's how I grew up. I grew up in the public housing projects. Well, they brought them up from the South so that they can get votes. These politicians. well, Well, that's, wow, that's deep. Well, you know, you know, to just go a little deeper than that, um, because I wanted to tell you, like, when I was at Rutgers working on my master's in social work, I did, uh, we had to do a presentation. I, f- I forgot the name of the class, but I had to do a presentation. And we had different topics, but they were about race and culture. And so I'll never forget, too, because I there was a, um, I had a, one of my classmates, she was Jewish. Um, and I remember my, my presentation was when Jews became white. And now she knew this was going to happen because it was on the the topic. It was on the list of topics for us to choose. But when I presented, she looked like she was taking it. She was like, you know, looking at me like, what do you mean when Jews became white? Right? So, but what happened was during World War, you know, like I think first the Irish were over and then they probably were frowned upon by the wasp or whoever was here earlier. Then the Italians came and then so then the, the Irish, you know, didn't like the Italian and so they had their little spats and then Jews came and then the Irish and the Italians didn't like the Jews, you know. And so, so the, 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 and this is based on some history that, that I had to do on, on this topic when Jews became white. So now there's world war two. So, you know, with the, with the complexion, with the, the complexion, the Italians, the Jews and the Irish and the blacks are going to war, even though they didn't allow the blacks to, to fight too much, but we had Tuskegee airmen to kind of say, Hey, we can do this too. But the idea that the Jews, the Italians and the Irish are fighting together, that's how Jews became white. 
by you know, because it's like if somebody turns against your your you know, I don't care how you don't get along with your brother or your sister, but somebody from the outside comes, you team up with them, and you're going to be a family, and you're going to push back. Well, well, that's how Jews became white. They were accepted by the Irish and the Italian because one, the complexion, and now we're all in this war together in in these foreign lands. So now. World War Two ends, so the Jewish, the Italian, the Irish, and every other you, you know European, um, you know ethnic group, they get the GI Bill, uh, you know, stu- uh, student loans, home loans, business loans, and black people were cut out from all of that. They, the black man, didn't even get the G the GI Bill. All of that went to everybody, and that had a lot to do with the Southerners because, see, that's when the schools now they're opening up. And so, you know, everybody, I don't care if you're Irish, Jewish, Italian, or whatever your ethnicity is, you're going to, you know, all over the country, the South, the North, the East, the West. But blacks, we, we were not allowed to get the GI Bill after fighting in World War Two, And so now the, the banks are, you know, everybody's redistricting and, and redlining. So now we can't move to the suburbs either. We can't get to work. And then people say, well, you know, how they live in, how they live in like that? How they live in those, you know, those, those bad neighborhoods? Well, that is how, you, you know, now I think at this point in time, we, we should be doing, some of us should be doing a lot better because we can't blame everybody for, you know, for where we are. Because like I said, I admire, you know, um, that Jews have taken control based on having the same experience. They're like, no, not, not that won't happen again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That will not happen to us again. We got our own hospitals, our own doctors, our own surgeons. Hello, somebody. So, but I just wanted to point out, so so now the black man can't go to work, because like what you said, with the whole welfare, cause, because of discrimination, we can't join the unions. So our fathers, our brothers, they can't work. So, But, but now there's, there's uh, liquor stores on every corner in the black neighborhood. So I can't work, you know what I mean? And I can't even be at home with my woman, because when the welfare people come around to check, it's not supposed to be a man in the house. So... That's how the black, you know, it's how we get into these, got into these neighborhoods. Now, lots of time has passed and we should, you know, uh, I mean, we're moving on and getting up is just taking a tad bit too long, I would say, because, you know, you still have these neighborhoods all over the United States. And I grew up in the ghetto and, you know, if I could do it again, I would do it again, Max. It was, it was just something about the, the ghetto where you feel like, it's like Frank Sinatra said, you know, if I could make it there, I could make it anywhere. And you feel, you know, I mean, I went to school, I got my education, so I'm not afraid to be in the boardroom, and I'm not afraid to be on the block. So, you know, the whole black thing, it's, it's a dark history, but I, I, I'm inspired by it. You know, you know, what's interesting is with COVID, people were home for almost two years and the human condition is to go to the most comfortable. And now we can't get people to go to work. Oh, yeah. 
right. Zoom. I'd like to fly away. <laughs> Zoom. So we don't have enough people working. I mean, it's it's a problem. The labor force is 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 minuscule. You know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um. They don't have enough people at Home Depot. They have an, They don't have enough people anywhere. People don't want to go back to work. This is can, only can, two can you blame years. Them? Can you blame? Them? But look, what I'm saying is. If you have generations of people, mm-hmm. let's say black folks who can't get a job, what happens eventually? I mean, it's just like COVID. You had a whole bunch of people for two years that haven't worked. I know people who are capable and able to work. They're still collecting unemployment. They don't want to work for $10 an hour or $11 wow. an hour. Yeah, yeah. They got more from unemployment. Well, especially when they were giving that $300 uh, with that, too. That was, I was, I was reaping some of that, you know, because I, my job stopped during, you know, the pan, I call it the pandemic, you know, my, my job, my employment ceased during the pandemic. But, um, anyway, what else, what else you got for me, Max? You, what else you got for me? I, I think this is great. I mean, I'm really enjoying that you, you okay with talking about these subjects because we're not trying to hurt anybody. We're just learning and, and sharing, and I can't say enough, you know, about that. Let's give it up for Max. Yeah, I can't say enough. Um, have you had enough, or you want to hit on another topic or two before we wrap it up? I can tell you that one time I went to visit my friend in Maryland. Uh-huh. And... Um, I went to a town where she lived, which was predominantly black. Okay. I, Hold on, I'm getting here. You got a lot of black things going on there, you know? Well, you told me this is a topic today. No, I know, so. but I'm just saying, I didn't realize you had so many, like, black connections, you know I mean, what I mean? I, I told you, I don't see color, and if I happen to have friends who are black, so be it. But uh-huh. so I go well, to- I, I need me a couple of white friends, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because from what I understand, that's the way to go, get some white friends, you oh, know okay. what I mean? <laughs> but, but, yeah, you got the black ones, I'm trying to get me some white friends, you know what I'm saying? Some people that know some people that know some people. Oh you, my gosh. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, uh, I went to visit her in Maryland, and I had no idea idea where she just gave me the address and i go to visit her and we went to get food at this chicken place and everyone looked at me like what are you doing here mm-hmm. i didn't see one white person in the place okay or a spanish person it was all african-american and i you know I, my friend kim says to people what you never seen a white person before oh and wow then, and then we go to the movie theater mm-hmm. in that same town. Again, I'm I'm still the only white person, and it was very awkward for me. Uh huh. Everyone's staring at me. Yeah, that's a you know. It's so funny you would say that, right? Um, my wife and I we went to um this Christmas gathering, and it was really nice. And so when we first got there, it was just all white people, right? So we were at the door, and we knew it, you know, based on the name of the the organization, we knew it was going to be like that. So we walk in, and everybody turned and looked at us. I was like, oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. I was like, this may not be good, okay? So, So the funniest thing happened, though. 
So it's dinner time now. You know, they're serving all the food and everything. So my wife and I, this is during COVID. This is like during the, this past Christmas holiday where COVID is still roaring. And then you had the other one, the, the variant. Um, so anyway, so the wife and I, we, we sitting down, we eating, but we feeling, you know, we're not talking about it, but we, I, I, I kind of felt that we both was like, you know, how long are we going to, how long are you going to stay? <laughs> Just give me the word. <laughs> and we out of here, right? So, but we was cool, you know, so we, we just, we just going through. So this white lady who it was the, I'm just going to say she was the president, but I don't know her actual title. She loves my wife, right? So she was at a table with about eight people and it was one black guy at her table. But my wife and I, we had our own table, just two people. There's like eight, you know, tables had place for eight people. So we sit now, we're eating and, you know, we just kind of going along with it. So the, the, the president, the white lady, she comes over and says, uh, uh-uh, uh, 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 you two are not going to sit here by yourselves. You're, you're coming to my table. Now she's in charge of the whole. Johnson, you know what I'm saying? So she brings us to her table and, you know, it's all white people, but we, you know, start off slow and, you know, everybody just kind of easy, but we started talking and laughing and, you know, the whole feeling black thing was gone. I mean, and, and believe me, it was just, it might've been five black people in the room with, I'm just going to say about a hundred white people. It was one of the best times I ever had open bar, you know, the, the whole thing. It was, it was great, but I love, you know, this woman who loves my wife. She is just the nicest person. I mean, there's, you know, she's white, but there's nothing white about her, you know, in terms of her interaction, she's friendly. Uh, she kisses you. She's not afraid to touch you. It's not going to rub off. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we, we had the nicest time, but let me tell you, Oh, you know what made me want to talk about race today though? You know, just as we kind of wrap it up, I'm going to tell you what made me want to talk about race today. Uh, it's not the police stuff or, or the fact that, uh, uh, did you see the video where the black kid and, and the white kid, he turned out to be Hispanic, but he's, he's a white Hispanic. They have a fight in the mall. So these two white cops come and they, they, uh, they tackle the black guy. Yeah, Meanwhile, I saw that. The, he, the white kid ran away. And he no, just, no, no, no. He stayed because they told him to go sit down, but he was expecting to get handcuffed. He put his hands out. They never handcuffed him. But the black kid was trying to stop the white kid from bullying somebody. So the cops come and they handcuff him. So I, that's not what wanted me to talk about race today. I got inspired by this subject because I went to Wegmans. Are you familiar with Wegmans? Yeah. So I go to Walmart every day. My kids even tease me because that's when I get the snacks, the juice, the milk, the soda, you know, all the good stuff and stuff. So we can be home and have everything we need when it snows. But every now and then I'll go to Wegmans. Now, you know, Wegmans, right? All white. Now black people go to Wegmans, right? So anyway, I went to get a cart, you know, just pull it out. You know, the little mini carts, and it came right out. So I'm wheeling this cart and Wegman and it's moving like it handles like a BMW. It's strong. I'm turning. You know, I'm not crashing into people. When you go to Walmart, when I go to Walmart, I got to fight with the cars. You pulling the 
you. They don't come apart. Uh, and then when you finally get it, you know, the car that loose, the wheel is broke and even it's real heavy when you're pulling it and you got to go all the way back outside and get another. So I'm like, damn, you know, white people, that shit is just good. You know, the, I mean, I am not lying. People, if you don't believe me, go to Wegmans. Go to Wegmans How near you. you saw the prices at Wegmans? You know what? Hey. You paying for those carts, okay? But, but Max, Max, I have to tell you, the, it slipped right out. <laughs> it was like I started it with a with an automatic, you know, starter like a car. The wheels turned like a BMW. I, 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 could, I was in disbelief. I was like, damn. White people, that shit is just good. You see what I'm saying? But that's not white people. That's expensive. That's not a race thing. No. That's, anybody can go to Wegmans. No, right. But see, but but when you go to Walmart, all the carts are broken. Not all of them, but many of the carts are broken. You got to pull. I've been to ShopRite. Even though ShopRite is they trying to up their game a little. They're getting a little Wegman in here, ShopRite, with their, you know, some good. It's their, their quality is is a little better, but I'm just saying that I noticed. I was like, "Wow, this is this is a." And you know why? You know why I went there because I couldn't find any turkey bacon at at Walmart, and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna go to Wegmans, and I bet you, I bet you, the white people gonna have their turkey bacon." Well, I go to. But hold on, let me okay. let me just say this. So I go to Wegmans and there lies the turkey bacon. I got four packs of turkey bacon because Walmart, you know, in my neighborhood, they didn't have turkey bacon for like days. So what do you say to that? That Wegmans had the turkey bacon. Well, listen. Okay. Yes, Wegmans has everything. But I go to Aldi's and I got to pay 25 cents for a junkie uh carriage that they're afraid we don't even return all right okay and it has all what is aldi's i've heard of that what is that is that food clothes yeah, or food aldi's and clothing? that discount food okay all right and you got to check it out and aldi's uh, you know i heard of that but i've never been i'm like that's a-l-d-e-e a-l-d-i apostrophe s aldi's oh yeah i definitely know. Where, where you live north aldi's, carolina aldi's right here where you aldi's? live in north carolina aldi's Aldi's and Neptune, Aldi's and Long Beach. Where's it in Aldi's? On Route 35, uh, near the Taco Bell. Oh, okay, down over there by just before you get to Neptune City. Mm-hmm. But where where is it? There's McDonald's over there. Where's that at? Um, there is a Popeyes on 35, and there's an Aldi's right down the street. I got to check that out because I just I went to Popeyes today. You know, so I'm, and so Aldi's, you get food and. Yeah, it's a supermarket. I, you know what? I have and to, everything's like a quarter the price. Okay. Okay. So is your food, is it fresh and everything? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's okay. limited on the food. You don't get every single Yeah, but you can get, you get some bread if you needed it, right? Or yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah. But you'll see the prices are like a quarter the price, but you also pay 25 cents for a carriage. Okay. And oh. they don't have any bags either. You got to bring your own bags. Well, listen, that's I'm going to continue going to Walmart then. And sometimes <laughs> I'm going to Wegman when I need bacon, okay? So just to kind of wrap it up, what do, what's happening with this race thing? What do you say in closing? What's, what can we do? What can we do? What, what do you think we can do to make America, 
you know, be America. America is America. And there are, you know, pockets. I go buy my shoes in the black neighborhoods because I have a size 11 shoe. Oh, so you black now. You you, you, <laughs> you blew up with all the black kids. You go to Maryland College. Your, your best friend is black. And so what the hell? You're black. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. So I, you know, hey, my Max started the show. She was white, but at the end of the show, I'm finding out that she's black. That's all right. Welcome, welcome, Thank welcome, you. welcome to Harlem. <laughs> welcome to Harlem, Max. I I don't think that we um, things are happening. Things are good. Things are happening. Yeah. So tell me, give the people something that you know that they can chew on to feel good about race what do you say about race i think that as you get more and more educated uh the race uh will you know i think that that as people become more and more educated the problem in in the south was that they would not allow blacks to get educated Mm -hmm. and as black people get more and more educated and more and more sensitive people are more and more sensitive to race I think that the things are going to change in this country. When you say when black people get more educated, what about the white people? Because that's really, I think, where the... Well, white people have to be more sensitive, and they are becoming much, mm-hmm. much more sensitive. This new generation is so much more sensitive. I, I would agree with you. You know, I work at a, a, whole, a high school. I was going to say a whole school. <laughs> <laughs> haven't been lucky Getting enough late. to get to a whole school <laughs> but I, <laughs> i'll take the high school so anyway and it's predominantly white but there's lots of black kids running around that school and the white and the black kids it is amazing they get they do not i know that the kids don't seem to feel black you, you know what I mean? They are with the white girls and, and, and everything. They're playing together, laughing, looking at the phone. I'm like, now this is it's almost utopic. I'm like, now this is what I'm talking about. People just being people, kids just being kids. You know, uh, I mean, it was it's just a and this is even in the middle school and the teachers have signs. Now, all the teachers are white, though. You, you know what I'm saying? But. And I and I, I'm you know I just sub there, but I have had no bad experiences. It's it's a I mean I don't feel black when when I'm when I'm there. You you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because everybody is friendly. Everybody is 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 uh, wanting to help if I need help. They communicate, and you know I I have to say, race is my ideology. My ideology because that's my lens. It just always seems like something is about race and how many people died, how many white people did this. I mean, I'm like, enough already with the race. Can we just be people? But I've never, aside from the fact that I got jumped, you know, when I was in the third or fourth grade in the in the white neighborhood coming from school, that was my, you know, like really my only bad experience in terms of being, because I've been in all white scenarios all of my life. I went to white elementary school, white middle school. I, I, I went to Fordham University. That's predominantly white NYU sometimes I would be the only black in the class I sit right up front you know I was in the because you have some black people like no these are white people I'm not gonna I don't want to be noticed but not 
Dr. Rob, Dr. Rob was like, oh, hey, 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 I know the answer, teacher. Hey, 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 you know, and so I loved it. And I I haven't had any bad experiences. It's just that maybe I watch the news too much. You know what I mean? Because everything is about race and I'm just sick of it. You, you understand? But just to know where my heart is, you know, I don't have any racial uh, animus, you know, I'm I'm down with, with, I'm just living my life. And I don't care, like I said earlier, if you're white, black, tall, short, fat, gay, damn it, just be, just be a good person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I agree. I told you before, I see a spirit before I see a human. Yeah, well, you told me that. I thought we were going to have a tough time having this discussion, but you did wonderful, Max. I really appreciate your uh you know, your, just your contribution to this discussion tonight. And like I said, I found out that you, you're black. Damn it, Max is black. She's sitting here looking like a white lady, and she really black. No, she's just a, a night, the nicest person. I want to thank you so much for doing this tonight. And um, Max and I, we're going to do some more shows. She wanted me to do something tonight about, uh, what was that you wanted me to do tonight? About the psychopathic... Uh, oh, yeah. Women who fall in love with psychopaths. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like that was more for... Um, what's that guy, the tall guy with the long hair that like Donald Trump? The, he's a radio guy. I can't think of his name. Um, Of course, when we sign off, I'll figure out his name. He's a famous radio personality. Howard Stern. Yeah, that's a discussion with Howard Stern's podcast, you know. Oh wow, Howard's a little uh... psychopathic, right? <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. You know that topic you had there—that was for Howard Stern. Okay. So, so once again, I just want to thank Max for coming on the podcast today, and hopefully, you enjoyed this discussion about you know what's this race thing all about, and hopefully. In due time, we can make it better. But it's up to us as individuals, you know, to put down the guns and open up our hearts and mind and just start seeing, you know, seeing each other as people. Because, see, we all, you know, go to the bathroom. We got to pee. Sometimes you got to poop. And sometimes if you don't get to poop or pee, then I don't care if you're white, black, Hispanic, you might go to the bathroom on yourself. So we all the same. We bleed. And then... Most of all, we all going to die one day for different reasons, but we're going to end up dead. So stop playing. Let's get it together. Okay. Thank you once again, my friend, for tuning in to Station B.O.B., where you listen to learn how to become the best of your being in life, love, and work. As we wrap up this show, I hope this topic helped you to grow. And now you know a little bit more than you knew before. If you have any questions about this topic, please email me at changeagentrtg at gmail.com. See my website, relationshipreadiness.org. To learn more about my counseling, consulting, and educational programs related to life, love, and work. Finally, in the words of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., 
If I can help somebody as I pass along If I can cheer somebody with a word or song If I can show somebody he is traveling wrong Then my living will not be in vain Until we meet again Do the right thing when nobody is looking Peace, beloved